That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey folks, the new subscriptions on our Patreon page are rolling in. In fact, we've had 32 new signups since we launched the contest 12 days ago. But we're about to start a brand new month, which means there will be at least 10 or 20 cancellations uh, due to declined count numbers. So we'll need to double our efforts if we're going to reach 1,000 subscribers by the end of 2019. And in case you're just joining us, the 1,000th subscriber at bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow will get to co-host an entire show with me. You'll get the chance to rant about Trump or whatever's on your mind to tens of thousands of listeners. Again, that's subscriber number 1,000 will get to co-host this podcast for one exciting episode. So when you get a chance, make sure to stop by our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow and sign up for at least $1 a month. You'll hardly miss it and you'll be supporting the show in the best way possible. Don't forget to tell all your friends too. Again, that's bobseskashow.com or just click the all caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Thank you in advance and now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Everybody complains about politicians. Everybody says they suck. Yeah! Well, where do people think these politicians come from? They don't fall out of the sky. They don't pass through a membrane from another reality. They come from American parents and American families, American homes, American schools, American churches, American businesses, and American universities, and they're elected by American citizens. This is the best we can do, folks. This is what we have to offer. It's what our system produces. Garbage in, garbage out. If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. Bob Seska! Eat shit, Bob! The Bob Seska Show! It's totally unnecessary. From our nation's, damn you, John Oliver, you got me again. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, August 27, 2019, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com, the greatest soap in the world. Hi, what's up? What's happening? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 950 of the Trump crisis, day one. Well, 115 of the constitutional crisis. It's not day one, hardly day one. 433 days until the 2020 presidential election. Ah, oh, and, and here we go. It's my good friend, Buzz Burbank. Hey, Buzz. Hi. Hi, Bob. Hi, hi. everybody. Uh, he's Bob. I'm Buzz. We are the chosen one. <laughs> we wouldn't call ourselves liberals, but we have tweeted liberal things. That's true. I... I've been known to do that once in a while. Kind of bummed I, today. I, the reason today is I was planning a trip to New York this week. 
They wouldn't sell me Long Island, so there's oh. no point in going now. God damn you, New York. Why are you so vicious and mean to, to Buzz Burbank? Bob, I have a great idea. I have a great idea. Yeah, what is I, that? I'd like you to, I want you to do your next show at okay. my magnificent place in Florida. Uh-huh. You can, you can stay in the bungalow, and it's close to the airport. Ah! Bonus. Right. Thank you. That, that's great. I, I, hit, I hate the itching, but I don't mind the swelling. Uh, so at the G7, Trump says Melania's gotten to know Kim Jong-un. Oh, and Melania, yes. Melania looks at him like, what? And, and so the White House later says Melania has never even met Kim Jong-un. Yeah. It, turns out Trump was thinking about Stormy Daniels. Ah. Just Again. got confused. Yeah. He just, just mixes a them up. And, and really, uh, ladies and gentlemen, all we ask is that you look at us, that you look at me and Bob the way Melania looks at Justin Trudeau. That's our only request. That's all we ask. <laughs> yes, the cuck in chief, Donald Trump. Oh, I wonder if I, he even knows. I love that photo. I yeah. love that photo. I'm having it framed. Uh, I've got a, a nice frame with one of those things on the back that props it up on your table. I'm getting one of those. <laughs> right. Well, you know the thing I want to have framed, and they, they have right. video frames now where you can put a video in there and just yes. have the video yes. playing on loop. I want a video of Donald Trump and uh, Emmanuel Macron shaking hands at the end of their <laughs> joint press conference yesterday. It was an amazing piece of uh, video because, oh, Macron just totally owned Donald Trump. I mean, yeah, he, it he, needs he, to be, don't you think it needs to be a gift, though? We got to see the action of this. <laughs> yeah, because you're right. right. It was a, it was a whole thing that he did. Yeah, and of course, exclusive to this show, I have the sound of, of Donald Trump's hand being crushed by Emmanuel Macron. There, there it is. <laughs> Thank very you. tiny, Thank you very, very fragile, very tiny. Yes, yes, teeny tiny little hand, little fragile hand. It's colored the same color as uh, spam. Have you ever seen actually the uh, <laughs> the meat uh, spam in the can? That's what <laughs> Donald Trump's hands, little uh, teeny tiny a, hands. Here, here's a tip: spam tastes better. See now that that deserves an extra rim shot there. <laughs> okay, yes, thank you, oh, studio bonus. audience. Okay, yeah, bonus. we do have the sound. Yeah, that's <laughs> love the sound of Donald Trump's hand being crushed. Uh, okay, you know what? Before we dig into uh, nuking the weather, before we dig into the disastrous G seven buzz, just a, a a brief bit of business here. You know, um, about a, a month or two ago. I came up with a uh, little stupid slogan, a little joke slogan for uh, the 2020 presidential election. Oh, yeah. And it was just, yeah, it was during a a Trump rally, and I just spitballed this thing. It came out in the form of a tweet. I said, uh, we got to flush the turd on November 3rd, right? It's a little rhyming ditty. Not that big. very nicely. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Thank you very much. Uh, And (laughs) the thing is, I uh, I started selling that slogan in the form of uh, baseball caps and other merchandise. I made a little drawing of a toilet with the long red tie coming out of it with the slogan on there for T-shirts and whatnot. Yeah. And yesterday I was scrolling through Facebook and someone posted a baseball cap that had that slogan and then the DNC logo under it. And I said, oh, my God, uh, what's going on? Is the DNC stealing my thing? Yeah, thank you. The fact is that no, the DNC, I don't think, is stealing that slogan without asking me, but hundreds of other people are stealing that from me. I did a yeah. uh, I did a search for that phrase, flush the turd on November 3rd, and it came up in Google shopping. I mean, there had to have been eight, 12 pages of results yeah. of people yeah. just horking that wholesale. 
And I guess as the guy who made the Napster Bad cartoon in 2000, just ranking on uh, Metallica for their uh, their crusade against Napster and the intellectual theft of their music and so on, I guess I don't have uh, latitude to make a big deal out of this. But but it's one of those things where it just, you know, I got this idea. I started a merchandise and then it was also like, Oh, that's a good idea. We'll just do. We'll just take that because it's the internet. We can just have that now. So you did. So you didn't. You didn't copyright uh, or trademark any of this. Well, I mean, stuff. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Wait, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. Two things about this, and one yeah. is a tip for for you and our creative listeners. Mm-hmm. If you come up with an idea, yeah. whether it's an idea for a movie a concept or a, a poem or a song, whatever, it yeah. doesn't matter. Uh, you put that on a piece of paper, you put it in an envelope, and you mail it to yourself from right. your house. And then and you, you label it in some way with like a keyword on the back in the corner or something so you'll know what's inside it. So you'll know what's inside it because when you get it back in the mail, you, you don't want to open it. You want to keep it sealed. Right. So that if there's ever any dispute about who came up with this idea first, you have uh, something that is dated by the federal government uh, that indicates when you... Uh, you know, uh, uh, that you had prior to that invented this idea. Yeah. So that's a way to sort of self-trademark or self-patent things or at least protect yourself. The other thing is I found, and I heard, you know, you, you remember DJ Wars. I'm going to have to have that looked at. <laughs> you remember you remember DJ Wars <laughs> where, <laughs> right. where where yeah. is, people would accuse other DJs of stealing their material. Uh-huh. Uh, and and the truth is, sometimes just great minds think alike. And that's the other thing that, that happens. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, a lot of times you'll hear the same jokes on different radio shows and, and <laughs> late night monologues <laughs> yeah. because they were natural jokes. They had to occur. And, and it, so it isn't surprising that more than one person thought of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, uh, of yeah. course, we're all, all of us who are in radio, we were all guilty of that at some point or another, doing top ten lists and all the rest right. of it. Just, I mean, all yeah. of us in, oh, doing, yeah. especially doing morning radio, and I just, I don't mean to get off on too much of a tangent here with this, but when we were all doing morning radio, Buzz, you've had much more experience at this than I have, obviously, but in my teeny tiny amount of time doing morning radio, it was just like, hey, let's just watch Letterman and get a bunch of ideas. That was kind of, that was kind <laughs> well, of the way it I, worked. I stole the concepts. Like, I did top ten lists, but I wrote yeah, me them too. myself, and I was very proud of them. I thought, this is of Letterman quality. I wouldn't yes, let myself are. do it if I couldn't if I couldn't meet that standard. I, nobody yeah. has a right to do it badly. Yeah. So, you know, I think if you can do something like I think I did a top five list. Yeah, me too. Ten, I did a top five ten. list in college. There you go. Yeah. Ten yeah. was just too much work. Right. Uh, but, but And we didn't have a staff of writers sitting around, you know. <laughs> also so. a DJ thing. Also a morning DJ thing. Uh, if it's too right, much work, right. forget about it. <laughs> well, no, you, did, you didn't. You didn't want the bit to go on too long. You knew you that's could true. only hold their attention for so long. That's right. That's right. Okay, so the big question I have for you, and of course you're in the uh, the path of this thing uh, coming in, the Tropical Storm Dorian. Have we uh, have we nuked it yet? Have we nuked Tropical Storm Dorian? Is <laughs> no, but I can't. I can't wait to breathe in them isotopes. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you too. I'm just. Yeah. I'm really looking forward. I, I hate the strontium, but I love the cesium. Yeah, and now, of course, he says he never said that because he's embarrassed, and as he should be. That's right. I mean, what's next? Sharks with frickin' laser beams on their heads or something? I mean, this is the guy. This is the president. He's got the nuclear codes. And and you know what? I was grateful that... uh, 
Lawrence O'Donnell at the top of his show mentioned this and put this into context because the, uh, you know, our instinct is to take something like this, a news story like we had from uh, Axios over the weekend, uh, in which Donald Trump apparently uh, on repeated occasions has told uh, Homeland Security and other national security officials, maybe we need to start dropping nuclear weapons into hurricanes to break them up, which of course, scientifically, that's a fucking disaster that would never, ever work in a million years. Right. But, But I mean... The instinct is to say, ah, is this Trump being stupid and silly again? The instinct is to do, you know, basically this, yeah, this kind of sound, yeah. Trump! And so, uh, (laughs) but the thing is, I mean, you know, and and this is my first reaction, and and Lawrence's first reaction on the show last night were basically the same. Uh, He's got the nuclear codes. He can do this. He can do this, and there are very few uh, road bumps along the way to that actually happening. I no mean, one will believe me. You talk about having talk about great minds. Talk about uh, two people thinking of the same thing at the same time. Yeah, I had all before Lawrence took the air last night with that. I had already written that phrase into my script for this week uh-huh. multiple times. Yep, this was he. He just stole my theme for this week. Yeah, but I'm going with it anyway because it is for the same reason you're bringing it up. Uh, frighteningly important. And I want to add in the context of this. Mm -hmm. This comes at a time when a radioactive cloud is drifting over Russia from their weapons accident on the northern coast. And at the same time, Russia is launching a floating nuclear power (laughs) station. Yeah. Uh, They're going to sail by Alaska up to Mm -hmm. over to one of their uh, Arctic coast cities right and uh, so uh, we live in a and meanwhile the the amazon's on fire uh, this is just Jesus. this is not it's hard to get really cheerful about mm-hmm. about things really optimistic at this point i yes i still think the glass is half full but i'm starting to suspect it's half full of kerosene <laughs> right right it really really is and you know that nuclear reactor on the water i mean uh, right now Uh, I mean, we are in dire threat of the oceans rising and overtaking many of our cities. So what we really need to do is put nuclear reactors on top of that water as many as we can because, you know, it's so funny. You talk about saying things right before they happen on television. And Kimberly Johnson can attest to this. I can get her in okay. as a witness. You have a witness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just before Rachel Maddow said last night, what can possibly go wrong? I said, uh-huh. what can What's possibly that? go wrong? And it was like, right. you know, it was like a King Jenks situation where we basically said it at the same time. And and again, that's it's common sense. And I wonder... Right. Are they just screwing with us? I mean, whether it's putting nuclear reactors on top of the ocean, floating in the sea. I mean, this is just catastrophically uh, bad idea. And yeah, so- they still have a nuclear sub at the bottom of the sea. We don't know its condition or <laughs> yeah, you know what it's releasing. I mean, this is just it's it's. It's spun a little out of control, Bob, is what's happened here. Yeah, I really, really think so. And, of course, the Bolsonaro thing, uh, the Amazon on fire, this is mm-hmm. another consequence of Vladimir Putin and his uh, Operation Chaos or whatever the hell it is he's doing by elevating <laughs> yeah. these populists, these right-wing populists to come in. This is, right. I mean, Bolsonaro is a goddamn crook, and and I'm the, the last one to sit here and defend someone like Glenn Greenwald, but Bolsonaro is really persecuting Glenn Greenwald far beyond anything 
that he would ever in any universe possibly deserve. The least, the least of Bolsonaro's crimes. Yeah, exactly right. So yeah, you start at, at Glenn Greenwald and the fact that he's uh, persecuting Glenn Greenwald, not only because he's a gay man, uh, Glenn is, but also because mm-hmm. Glenn says things that governments tend to not like, <laughs> especially right. the government of Brazil where Glenn happens to live. But, uh, you, you know, and this is all part of the same whole. It's all part of the same Boris Johnson, Donald Trump, uh, Erdogan, Don, uh, Vladimir Putin, Kim Jong Un, you know, mm-hmm. so on. This is all part of the same set. This the, is what they're the, doing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like the, the League of Supervillains. Yeah, and I was thinking about this. I mean, we, we've talked about this. We've joked about this, but seriously, yeah. you, you look at the villains in like Batman, and uh, <laughs> some of them are they're mentally ill. Yeah, they uh, really are. And, and and now we're living in a world, uh, we're living in a country that is being led by a man who is very arguably mentally ill. And the G7, I think, uh, by the way, because it's... That's for your Batman villains. Uh, the G7 was a great illustration of Donald Trump in just, maybe not necessarily evil supervillain mode, but just big, oafish, dingus yeah. mode is what yeah, Donald Trump was over the yeah. weekend. And I strongly urge you, in fact, if you want to follow along, uh, there's a great Washington Post piece. I know uh, Rachel Maddow featured this on her show last night. It's, it's written by Josh Dawsey uh, and published uh, yesterday afternoon. It's basically a TikTok of Donald Trump's disastrous weekend. I mean, when you start to see it all lined up in a syllabus like this, mm. oh my God, because I mean, it's really, uh, I don't know, a consequence of how we absorb the news now through social media right. and so on, where we're confronting individual things, right? And we're not necessarily looking at everything from 30,000 feet. We're not taking everything as a whole. So that's why I think this particular piece, where it just lists every goddamn disaster on behalf of this yes, nincompoop. Yeah. Yes, but it's not just a list. As people listen to this, <laughs> I I hope that they also realize that these are as as I'm st- again stealing from my own work here uh, <laughs> later in the week. These are bru- these are brush strokes. These are yeah. the these aren't just individual things that he said that were stupid or mm-hmm. uh, or lies or what or whatever they or dangerous or whatever they happen to be. Yeah. These aren't just this isn't just a list of individual things. This is a painting of the madness of this king. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. You know what? This doesn't uh, include uh, a couple of things, including it doesn't include the the ridiculous handshake. It doesn't include uh, Donald Trump. It's separate, of course, from the G7, Donald Trump talking about nuking hurricanes. But the thing I noticed yesterday in his press conference, joint press conference with uh, uh, Emmanuel Macron, when, of course, it ended with this handshake, right? Donald, that had to hurt. It was oh my god! It was a beautiful, beautiful thing to just see his hand, and he's trying to yank it away. He's trying to pull his hand away, and Macron is not letting go. Macron is also basically, you know, because Trump has this thing where he tries to ra- basically wrestle with someone when he's shaking their hand. He pulls it close right. to him, he pulls it tight, right. so so you get into his space, so he's able uh-huh. to tower over you and intimidate right. you. Macron was having none of that, so he was pulling Trump right back, and you could tell that you could just see Trump's shoulder being ripped out of the socket like uh, as if macron was some sort of a wookie or something just for a year macron has been lifting weights just for this moment <laughs> that's right but so so none of that is included in this piece but let's start out this is a, a an amazing amazing sequence of events and by amazing i mean 
horribly tragic and ridiculous. Um, For many minutes on Monday, Donald Trump stood on foreign soil at the close of the Group of Seven Summit and trashed his predecessor. He bragged about his personal properties from the presidential podium and suggested that he will hold next year's G7 gathering at his Doral Golf Course in Florida, which has incredible conference rooms and magnificent bungalows. Of course, incredible and magnificent in quotes there. But I mean, that that opening lead, that, that lead paragraph in and of itself... Right. There are so many things there. I mean, he bragged about his Doral uh, resort in Florida, which, first of all, I don't think anyone's talking about this, but he's suggesting Miami, Florida next August. So, so his idea not only includes a resort that is losing huge amounts of money, he's not yeah. only talking about a resort in which... Uh, actually having that event at the resort would create a huge constitutional problem, obviously being right. a violation of the emoluments clause. So it's uncompounding compounding the violation that already exists. Yeah. yeah, right. But there's also bed bugs and on top, <laughs> and they, they actually, there was a settlement. And of course, he was talking yes. about fake yes. news today saying, oh, there's no bed bugs at Doral. Well, but not now. Not now. Well, maybe still now. I mean, there's no maybe. word that they actually address them. I don't know. I who knows. A lot of people are saying. Bob. Yeah. A lot of people are saying. <laughs> Thank you, Roger Ailes. Uh, I mean, but the thing is, with that, is they settled a lawsuit where this guy ended up getting infested with bed bugs after staying uh-huh. at Doral and sued Donald Trump, sued uh, the Trump Organization, and and won. I mean, they they got a settlement and so on. So that's happening. Plus, again, <laughs> it's Miami in August. Why? I mean, good Lord. I mean, if you want to torture uh, all of these world leaders, I guess that's a good idea, but I don't think they're going to want to be tortured. So that's just one little teeny tiny bit of this goddamn uh, endless disaster in France over the weekend. Here's the great thing about <laughs> Miami in August. It's too hot for bed bugs. That. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> Exactly. The bed bugs are just like, oh, my God, we're bursting into flames here. They get lethargic. Yeah. I mean, that makes bed bugs even worse when they're they're biting, they're yeah. itchy, but then they're also bursting into flames, which you actually don't want to have in your bed because of, you know, the fire. Flaming, right? flaming bed bugs. Flaming bed bugs. I think, you know what? I think that's the name of the show today. <laughs> flaming bed bugs. I got to write that down. Flaming. So noted. <laughs> Bed bugs. As I type away. Uh, okay, so he also uh, criticized his predecessor. He criticized Barack Obama. Said Barack Obama was outsmarted by Vladimir Putin. So yeah. Donald Trump. I mean, remember when Bill Clinton was accused of standing on foreign soil and criticizing the Vietnam War? I remember that distinctly in 1992. Or Obama being accused of apologizing for the United States. Exactly. And then Donald Trump standing out there on foreign soil in France talking about how Barack Obama was outsmarted when Vladimir Putin invaded and annexed Crimea. Took it away from him, he said. What Donald Trump is doing is is basically uh, indicting himself by defending Vladimir Uh, Putin and saying that we should lift sanctions because of Crimea and include uh, Vladimir Putin in the G7, returning it to being the G8. He is actually doing what he is accusing Barack Obama of doing. It is 100% projection. Barack Obama couldn't do, there was nothing we could do. What were we supposed to do? Line up uh, American Marines at the border between Russia? Well, there is no, isn't there? I think Crimea is separated in terms of geography from 
Because I think it's, isn't it like a uh, peninsula, right? I don't know exactly. Yeah, yeah, there there is a sort of natural geographical separation between right. the two. They, they'd all been considered Ukraine up until uh, Putin snatched back the, the Crimea part of it. Yeah, I mean, but there's nothing that Barack Obama could have done. Well, was- and, and here's the context of that, if I may, and that is that it not only, here's the president of the United States is attacking another president of the United States yeah. while on foreign soil, while at the same time praising Vladimir Putin, Kim Jong-un, and Xi Jinping. Yeah. Uh, does this sound right to you? Nope. Does this sound right to anybody? Nope. Please walk up to everybody you can on the street today and ask them if that sounds right to them, because <laughs> it's not. Yeah. And, and I, I think if we get a, a majority of people who believe that, maybe we can do something about it. He also said that uh, Melania Trump, and I'm just completely straying from this article now, that, uh, he said that Melania Trump has met Kim Jong-un and yeah. vouches for Kim Jong-un. Oh, he's a great guy. Melania Trump has never met Kim Jong-un. In fact, no, they they cut to her. They cut away yeah, from Trump yeah, when he yeah. said that to Melania Trump. And Melania Trump was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, it was obvious oh, on her face. <laughs> yeah, huh? uh, but <laughs> Like I said, I think he was thinking of Stormy Daniels maybe at that moment. I don't know. Yeah, or yeah. Some other one. Karen McDougal, perhaps. Asked why he continued to falsely blame Obama for the annexation of Crimea, as he did almost a dozen times on Monday, the president mm-hmm. suggested that he knew the black journalist asking the question, Yamichi Alcindor of uh, PBS News, had an ulterior motive. I know you like President Obama, he said, without uh, saying how he knew that. I'm not right. blaming him, he said, but before blaming him extensively. I mean, that's, see, that's right. to me, that's just a microcosm of what happens with the China tariff thing. Vagina! That reporter, by the way, is a hero uh, for calling him out on a lie. Yes. And there were, there were actually uh, several pointed questions, uh, none as pointed as hers, but several uh, unusually pointed questions. Uh, the, the asterisk on this is uh, too little too late, uh, but it is interesting to see uh, the press stepping up a little bit harder now. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's an interesting dynamic to watch. They've been far too meek about it for far too long, but it, it does tickle me a bit to see it now. Well, I get the sense that something is shifting out there, Buzz. I don't know if you're God, feeling it yet. So. I don't know if you're yeah. sensing it, but I, but I, I feel so, like yeah. there's a separation. I mean, Sean Duffy uh, deciding not to run for re-election again. Um, the retraction and support for Donald Trump, the rising uh, fears over a recession and the blame that's being laid, and right, rightfully so, directly in Trump's ridiculous, bloated lap. I mean, uh, th- there's something shifting. The, the poll numbers are starting to spread even further between mm. oh, uh, yeah. generic Democrat versus Donald Trump. Oh, and, God, yes. And, and then, Massive. Uh, Landslide numbers. And then... On top of everything else, I think uh, not only Wall Street, but just leadership in general. I think people across the country now are going, you know, this China thing, this thing with the trade war is getting absolutely stupid. And it was stupid in the first place. And now we're just finally realizing it. But I mean, this paragraph in particular was kind of startling to see it again laid out in in chronological order. In four days, Trump imposed new tariffs on China called the country's president an enemy, admitted Uh second thoughts on the escalating trade war, said he had second thoughts on everything, by the way. Right. So very very assuring, very assuring. Exactly. Uh, He reversed course hours later to say he Uh only wished he had raised the tariffs higher. Of course. (laughs) And then, okay, we've gone too far. Maybe we should pull back. Oh, no, maybe they should be higher. The tariffs should be And then vowed a deal would be coming soon because China wants one desperately in the president's telling. 
doesn't that make it harder, a reporter asked, to make a deal? Um, and of course, making it harder would be raising the tariffs higher, right? right. So if you raise the tariffs higher, it's going right. to be less likely that China will want to cut a deal. And then Trump responds, sorry, that's how I negotiate. He said, it's mm-hmm. been very successful over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, okay. Those bankruptcy records. Yes. Make that very clear. <laughs> yeah, that's the, right. The unpaid $360 million in loan to Deutsche Bank. Make that very clear. Yes. yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And on top of all of that, having to be put on an allowance because he didn't know how to spend money and ended up in those bankruptcies, et cetera, et cetera. This guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing. The art of the deal thing is an absolute myth. He is just making it up as he goes along. And it's my theory, too. That maybe it's a little bit by design because I, I still believe that he is shorting the market. I believe that he is uh, uh, profiting yeah. from these giant declines, these one day declines in the stock market. I think that's obvious to everybody who uh, who sees how he behaves with regard to this thing. Yeah, that's become pretty common, uh, you know, common thought at this point. Yeah, his uh, his assertion that China is itching to strike a compromise has been contradicted by multiple reports and the Chinese officials. Uh, When Fox News reporter John Roberts expressed skepticism, Trump forged ahead by saying the Chinese had been working behind the scenes. Okay, sure. Yes, we'll take his word at that. Right. Uh, Trump claimed to have gotten two phone calls on Sunday night from high-ranking Chinese officials seeking to negotiate a trade deal. Again, this is all over the weekend. Uh, Don, China's online too again. Yeah, yeah, here comes China. Uh, high-level calls, he said. Chinese government officials said Monday that they were unaware of any such calls. <laughs> when Trump asked Secretary <laughs> Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin to back him up, Mnuchin would only say there had been communication, avoiding the word call. The Treasury Secretary quickly interjected again on Monday uh, to add communications once again the word yes, communications right. yeah, then clarifying. trump then trump suggested that within weeks he would be willing to meet with iranian president hassan rouhani uh quote now is that based on fact or based on gut it's based on gut he said he added maybe it works and maybe it doesn't i say it all the time about everything <laughs> <laughs> nice to know let's oh my god Let's throw democracy up against a wall and see what sticks. That's a great idea. What a perfect agenda. This guy, razor sharp, isn't he? Uh, Although he said French President Emmanuel Macron asked his uh, permission to invite Iran's foreign minister to the G7, Macron said that he simply informed Trump in advance of his plan and that it was Macron's idea alone. So there was a whole controversy about that, too. And by the way, Nikki Haley getting all outraged on Twitter about yeah. uh, how dare Macron blindside Donald Trump by inviting Iran's foreign minister, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know what, you stupid idiot. This is not going to help you in 2024 when Nikki Haley decides to run for president. Uh, wrapping her arms around this guy, by 2024, Donald Trump is going to be a practically a universal punchline. I mean, if George W. Bush is any indication how uh, people ran desperately away from their support for George W. Bush after Barack Obama was elected, uh, and so, oh, you know what? We didn't really. We, he was just there. We, we didn't really mean to. We didn't really like him. <laughs> from the day she arrived in Washington, it has never been clear uh, what Nikki Haley's alliances are. What they are, you know what? Yeah, it's not clear to whom she owes her allegiance, if anyone other than herself. 
Yeah, right. So it's not like occasionally she, she tries to distance herself from Donald Trump, but it only... Right, and, and I thought that was setting the stage to run against him. Now she's embracing him. How can she run against him if she... Ah, pay no attention to this woman. <laughs> That's right. Well, I think ultimately by the time, you know, four years from now rolls around, I, I think right. anyone who was at all even tangentially related uh, to Donald Trump is going oh, to yeah. be... Uh, persona non grata. Yeah, they're going to be like Nixon. It, it was that way with Nixon. Nobody would admit voting for Nixon after that was over. Yeah, nobody. It wasn't me. I didn't do it. You know, or or silence at least. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of that after after Trump. I'm starting to really have hope again. And if I can just backtrack to something sure. you said uh, off the cuff midway through the article, and that is, yeah, we are. I, I think feeling a change out there and starting to measure a change out there in uh, the polls, and this gives me tremendous hope or also mm. seeing interesting things happening in the democratic polls and, oh, yeah. and that it's there but but all of this all of this gives me tremendous hope at a time where as i expressed with the nuclear clouds and the, the nukes and the hurricanes and, you know <laughs> at a time where things look pretty grim mm. uh, gosh we really need that hope and i'm i'm seeing it now i remember early on one of the first shows you and i did together i i, I advised you that the public is is slow to catch up in terms of the curve, in terms of that that poll numbers curve. That's right. Uh, it that curve runs behind reality. It takes a while for word to get out and for that to soak in because people are living their lives and earning their livings and raising their kids and and so they're not as focused on it as you and I are. Uh, and that's one of the reasons. Uh, and uh, better education would help. Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons why that curve, that public opinion curve runs behind reality but we're finally seeing that change and yeah. that's very exciting this is the solution i was hoping for it's the hope that i was hoping for and i of course i wanted it to come sooner but mm. at least it gives me great relief if it means anything to anybody else that i see it coming now yeah yeah and you know what i get the same sense myself i mean there like i said before i i, I feel like there's a, a brief parting of the clouds and i hope it's something that is sustained and isn't just compartmentalized to this period of time because very often we end up uh with positive events uh or i should say negative events for donald trump positive events for the world uh a little too early like there was a government sh the, the big government shutdown happened mm. a little too soon to reap any sort of electoral benefit from that necessarily right. maybe right. as one of the things one of the parts of the whole but th that event itself right. the endless shutdown that took place maybe the timing was a little bit too early on that so that <laughs> happens occasionally and i and i hope this particular slide by donald trump where it seems like he's not only mentally sliding but his whole administration right. is also sliding too where they are uh it's just a catastrophe one catastrophe after another and well, I, just as a lot of us were saying last week too that uh, there have been all these investigations and and uh, uh, talk of impeachment and and uh, you know the Mueller report and all that and we were still stuck with the guy yeah. and and so uh, you know it's it, it we're we're looking for some kind of ray of hope and what comes along but something as simple as the economy mm -hmm. the, the economy finally catches up with him and that is the one thing that changes minds that changes hearts and minds faster than anything yeah. else that can move that public opinion curve. 
And, uh, you know, we don't, we're not rooting for a recession, but we like the side effect that uh, the fear of one has created. Hey, look, there's nothing wrong with looking at the silver lining of what's going to be, uh, you know, a, a relatively bad recession. I think uh, right. the fact that it's going to damage Donald Trump is uh, is a hopeful sign. Uh, it's not going to be. I mean, I don't want to sit here but like Bill Maher and say, bring it on. Let's have a recession with my millions of dollars. If it's any consolation at all, and it won't be much to the people who do lose their jobs or find themselves in more difficult circumstances, I guess, especially millennials to, mm. to an extent. But what I'm reading, what I'm hearing is it won't be as severe a recession as the one that hurt you so badly. Yeah. Uh, that, that it's not going to be that bad. Right. Uh, uh, we hope that, but the way this guy escalates things, uh, who knows, maybe that prediction no longer holds. I don't know. Well, the problem with a forthcoming recession in, in this particular context, the thing that's different about uh, where we were in 2008 and 2009 is at right. least in 2008 and 2009, there were competent people in the government. I'm not necessarily talking about George yeah. W. Bush, but some of the people surrounding George W. Bush kind of had the right idea, and certainly Barack Obama made some good moves in there, too, uh, turning the entire thing around uh, basically on a dime once uh, the stimulus package was passed but this time around we've got this blithering idiot you know trump is crazy that guy just uh his reaction and the reaction of mitch yeah. mcconnell is going to just make things worse i mean obviously uh my my theme all along throughout this whole thing the rule for trump has been that trump always makes things worse for trump well in this case trump's not going to make things worse for himself by bringing about a recession through his ridiculous trade war of choice but also right. his reaction when the re recession actually happens is going to further escalate the disaster. <laughs> He's not going to fix any. I don't see anyone inside that administration going, hey, you know what, Mr. President, maybe a stimulus here is in order. Maybe we should do something along those lines. No, I don't know. What we, maybe we should nuke another hurricane. Maybe that's a good idea. And, and that's what we're going to be facing, more ridiculousness from this guy who's well, clearly infested with brain worms we'll, we'll see i mean i you know i i it's it's hard to predict they, they even floated the idea the administration members of it were talking about maybe even backing off these tariffs and and if trump at any point sees that it isn't working maybe he will his tendency has been to double down but that has not worked well for him so far so yeah. maybe he'll have to take another tack uh but uh, i you know the effect this is having uh, farmers in Trump country, uh, they're uh, virtually given up on him at this point. Oh, yeah. Uh, th these these were his people. He is, he's falling so quickly. And the other sort of nice thing about this bad thing, I guess, is that uh, this greatly increases the chances that Democrats can take control of the Senate. That's right. Because the farther Trump slides the more of a drag down effect he has on the rest of the ballot. Yeah, and I don't think and, he I don't think he realizes the map too for the Senate either is deeply in favor of the Democrats right now. And so far I don't as, think he can read a map. <laughs> yes, he can't point to a map on a map. I mean that's that's how disabled he is with this. Find um, the word map. <laughs> Uh, you know, I was just watching that press conference, you know, where Emmanuel Macron crushed his hand. And uh, I was noticing, man, Donald Trump's looking haggard. Really, really haggard. And you know what I thought? 
in addition to all of the other, I don't know what he's got, servo motors and foundation makeup <laughs> and 12 cans of uh, Aquanet and whatever else he uses to get himself prepared at the beginning of the day. Like, Hollywood you know, light and magic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. It's a various special effects. You know, Rick Baker is flown in to help out Donald Trump with his makeup. But uh, the thing is, you know what he could use is some plexiderm. I mean, I was just the bags under his eyes, the big, you know, because he doesn't, his foundation makeup doesn't make it all the way to his eye bags. So, so they're, they're just big wads of spam hanging under his eyes. And, you know, I thought maybe if he used some plexiderm, he can get rid of some of those fine lines and eye bags, at least temporarily for, you know, the course of a day and he'll be a little bit more refreshed looking but you know i don't want to give a, a an amazing product like plexiderm over to donald trump so we'll just keep it for ourselves how about Thank that you. Yes, uh please. you know and i'm not just talking about something a product that takes uh, years or even months uh days weeks to to actually work you see the results from plexiderm almost right away it's a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates under eye bags and wrinkles in just a matter of minutes the science behind plexiderm is incredible with clinical studies to back it up if you look older and tired because of crow's feet wrinkles or under eye bags you can look younger even donald trump can look younger in just minutes with plexiderm see for yourself take the test Buy yourself some Plexiderm uh, and, and, and just watch it happen in the mirror. It's an amazing thing to check out. You can see a real video with real people and see how fast crow's feet, wrinkles, and under-eye bags just vanish. Those results are backed up by Plexiderm's 30-day satisfaction guarantee. So if it doesn't amaze you, you can send it back and they'll give you your money back. Go to TryPlexiderm.com. Use the coupon code SEXYLIBERAL for my discount. Again, the promo code is SEXYLIBERAL, two words, all caps. That's TryPlexiderm.com with the code SEXYLIBERAL or call 1-800-685-1292 and mention SEXYLIBERAL. Thank you so much. The Bob Seska Show. You know, hearing how uh, John Lennon-esque this sounds, it's hard to believe believe it's a group of kids. This is, yeah, a bunch of kids, Jam and Slate. I love Jam and Slate. You know, in fact, I featured Jam and Slate in the first month that we were playing indie music here on the show. And uh, looking forward to new music from them. And they just dropped a brand new album. It's called All Ears Now. And this is one of my favorite tracks on the new album. This is called uh, I Am Your One Stop. Again, it's Jam and Slate. Link in the description. Uh, if you want to submit your music, go to bobseska.com slash music. Again, that's bobseska.com slash music. And uh, we'll play your music here on the show, why, plus uh, why, as as part of our why, indie music countdown at the end of the month. Why, why aren't those kids in school? <laughs> yeah. No, really. You know what? They may be better off here. That's fantastic. I love the sound. They're really, really great. Uh, yeah, we played, in fact, I, most of that song we played on the after party on Friday. So if you're signed up on our Patreon page for at least $10 a month, you can go listen to the entire song. Plus, we've got the Indie Music Countdown coming up in, uh, oh, God, maybe this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> I just realized. that way, Bob. Oh, shit. It's this <laughs> it's weekend, isn't again. it? Yeah, yeah. I got to maybe spend some time on Labor Day weekend doing uh, the Indie Music Countdown. Uh, okay. 
Let's see. Where else uh, were we here on this uh, article? Yeah, so uh, we're covering the G7 and this article. Just so you know, the the uh, headline of this piece, in case you want to uh, check it out yourself. 68 Minutes in Barrett's, a glimpse into Trump's unorthodox mind. Washington and, Post, yeah. Yeah, Washington Post. And unorthodox mind is a very nice way of putting it. Uh, yeah, very polite, I thought. I would say something along the lines nuts. of, uh, yeah, the, the consequence of uh, untreated brain worms. I think that maybe is a better way to... He's, he's gone screwy on us. <laughs> That's right. So we were talking about uh, the whole thing, the, the debacle with... Uh, China! China and the tariffs and all the rest of it. Uh, plus, uh, you know, there's a whole section here about the Doral thing, which we've already talked about. Uh, mm-hmm. but meanwhile, <laughs> what's happening with England? He said, they don't use it too much anymore. And by England, he means the name England. Donald Trump is still fascinated by the fact that there are several names that you can use to describe certain iterations of the United Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't, yeah. he's just so amazed that. Oh, it's also called England and the UK. I said, what's England? What's happening in England? They don't use it too much anymore. Trump says he told British Prime Minister Boris Johnson. And, you know, speaking of Boris Johnson, uh, Buzz, (laughs) I I was, uh, what was I looking for? I was looking for a piece of video on YouTube earlier today, and I stumbled onto a clip of Boris Johnson just as he was arriving in Barrett's for the G7. (laughs) And you know what? I mean, he's kind of a doofus. Yes. But, you know, he was going into that, I think, with good intentions. He was basically outlining to reporters, well, here's the things I want to do. I want to make sure that this trade war that the president's engaged in doesn't damage the world economy. That was the first thing he said. And then he said, uh, I think it's... uh, important that we address biodiversity i think we need to stop these fires in uh, the amazon and so he's talking about climate and everything like that so right and he does have a history of being <laughs> very very critical of donald trump and so um i hesitate necessarily to link those two together uh, despite the fact that Boris Johnson is a teeny tiny bit of a chaos agent, they, or at least a, in, in a British sense, uh, they have a lot in common, especially on immigration. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So they're, they're and they they have similar qualities, some similar hair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, so they have that in common. But yes, I was surprised and impressed and relieved. Uh, I think to hear some of the things that Boris Johnson said on the trade war itself, uh, saying Britain would like trade peace. Yeah, and and of course they passed uh, something like $20 million to uh, fight the fires in the uh, in the Amazon rainforest. And, you know, I, I thought of the ultimate irony going back to Bolsonaro. I mean, what happens if Bolsonaro ends up with some deadly disease and the only cure is found in the Amazon rainforest because the Amazon rainforest ha- holds the secrets to yes. lots and lots of cures for diseases and bacteria and viruses and so on. And we've just yet to really explore that. And now they're just letting it burn, they're letting it burn because they're, they're just so smart. Um, let's see what else here. Oh, Donald Trump described both Iran and North Korea in terms of their real estate potential, saying the countries would want to deal with Trump because they sit on valuable or gentrifying properties. This is why I believe, uh, Buzz, that uh, Donald Trump is so interested in North Korea. I think he sees North oh, Korea yeah, absolutely. as development absolutely. potential. And he's looking to buy low and sell high. He even said uh, there at the G7 that it was uh, a rough, what do you call it, a rough neighborhood? Words to that effect. <laughs> yeah, but he said, said it, 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 it won't always be. He said, someday it'll be beautiful. 
Yeah, it's going to be a beautiful neighborhood. That that in Iran. So, uh-huh. and right. again, this vacation is, Iran. Yes, I mean more evidence that every move that he's making here is not necessarily about what's better for the United States. He's making the United oh. States better for Donald Trump. You noticed? You not see? He was hoping you wouldn't notice that. <laughs> no, everything. In fact, I defy anyone to find me a sentence he spoke yeah. on the G seven trip that did not include the word I. <laughs> it everything was about him when yeah. he talked about germany he said he'd like to go there uh not to, for better relations between the two but because he had german blood it was about him it's about that him. was something he could relate to in his simple little bully mind uh, every little thing he said was about him i me my all the way through uh, the, I'm telling you, the man is out of control, and I fear for the country with each passing hour. Yeah, because uh, this guy is so all over the place mm-hmm. now that it really is dangerous. He's veering all over the highway, and we're in the back seat without seatbelts. Or worse yet, we're in another car. I mean, he's he's yeah, he's all over a five lane strip of highway. Just the, what? the cars. Yeah. The car is filling with the Russian radioactive smoke from the Amazon. And the president of France is squeezing his right hand, just not letting go. <laughs> Iron Grip. Iron Grip Macron. I think that'll be his name mm-hmm. from now on. Uh, okay, so he also showed no concern that the North Korean dictator had violated U.N. resolutions by firing missiles, instead saying that Kim right. would not personally disappoint Trump. Because, of course, that's all other world leaders are just like, oh, my God, wh- what are we going to do if we disappoint Donald Trump? Uh, and he doesn't understand, of course, that all of these other world leaders are just laughing at him, that he is a right. laughing stock joke. Yeah, exactly. Completely illegitimate out of his depth. All the rest of that with his teeny tiny brittle ego and his teeny tiny hands. I mean, they, just, they, they know they can see Donald Trump coming from a mile away. There is no respect right. there. I mean, obviously from Macron, I mean, they are just manipulating him they're telling him what he wants to hear to his face and then turning right. around going you get this guy oh my god unbelievable the yanking his chain bob yeah, the yeah. yanking his chain in a uh, long-winded answer regarding uh kim and, and north korea trump nodded to his wife melania and claimed that she had gotten to know kim jong-un very very well the white house later acknowledged that kim and the u.s first lady had never ever met. Well, you know they uh, they talked to uh, Melania about this, and uh, is it, well, uh, uh, did you ever meet Kim Jong Un? Have you ever talked to Kim Jong Un? And this is what Melania said. Oh, what's new? Well, uh, this morning I heard a very good joke from my cousin Basi. Oh, wait, wait, wait! wait. That, that's that's not case. Melania. That's from Taxi. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's. I can't that's, believe yeah. I keep doing that. Why do I keep playing a clip of Latka? <laughs> not. Not the right take. No. Uh, he also jousted with journalists when a French reporter charged uh, at the podium without being called on. He pointed to Jim Acosta of CNN and grinned, she's worse than you, he said, before explaining that his wife likes French wine. Yeah, uh, this is every Batman comic book you ever read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, it, it, you know the Batman villains were smarter than Donald Trump. Yeah, because then then here you have you have to throw in the stupid fact. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. That, I mean, again, you, you could loop uh, stupid Watergate into all of this. Just, just right, dumb, right. dumb, dumb criminals. The dumbest criminals in the history of dumb criminals. Absolutely. Uh, okay, you know, uh, we're going to take one last break here. And when we come back, I want to talk about uh, the uh, field, the growing field of primary challengers against Donald oh. Trump on the Republican side. Because there's yes. just a few things to talk about with regard to this. Joe Walsh is now in the race. Uh, but before we elaborate on that too much, Let's take a short break and come back, and and when we do, we'll get into it. It's not it's not as bad as what you're thinking, folks. It's not. It's going to be fine. It's good it's news. It's going to be yeah. fine. All right, right there. All right, back after these words. <laughs> hey, dude! Being at the racetrack is a blast. High five! Whoa, man! Uh, you can put your arm down now. What? You gonna leave me hanging? Come on, bring it in for a hug. Uh, that's okay, man. We're cool. What's the matter? We're all buds, man. Uh, well, I, I hate to tell you, but I think you need to take a pit stop. What? I'm not driving a race car, man. No, pit stop. It's, uh, well, an all-natural deodorant that'll keep your pits from, uh, being the pits. Oh, no. My pits are the pits. Hey, don't worry, man. Luckily, my pals over at Bubble Genius have you covered. They've created all-natural stuff to help with summer stank. Everything from pit stop deodorant to cooling facial mist to talc-free body powders that leave you soft, not sweaty. Hey, cool. You said it. Bubble Genius keeps you cool all summer long. BubbleGenius.com Bob Seska Best of uh, international indie music here in the show. This is uh, a recording artist named Mono, and the song is called Blood Diamond from his album High Anxiety. Mono is based in Peru. So this is coming to us all the way from Peru. The reach of this show worldwide is global. Yes. I am so uh, tickled by this. When I get a submission from overseas, man, that... You know, it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, still my old school brain is going, wow, we're actually on around the world. We're accessible around the world. That's kind of amazing. I totally get it. I I get a big thrill out of that, too. But at the same time, and listen to the quality of this. Yes. It's just beautiful. It's lovely. Yeah. And and if you've got a subwoofer in your car and you're listening to this, we're sorry. It's uh, there's some incredible low end on this album. And if, Just you, a, if you have a if you have a subwoofer in your pants, you're welcome. <laughs> and of course, I do. I do. I always have Bob, a subwoofer. Remember, remember, Bob Seska plays the best music. That's the phrase that pays. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the phrase that pays is Bob Seska has a subwoofer in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, it pays you. Yeah, that's right. It's always good news for me. It uh, feels right. great, you know? Um, it, it, here's what Donald Trump said when he was talking about uh, Obama and the annexation of Crimea. Here's how Donald Trump would have solved the problem. He said, it could have been stopped with the right whatever. 
Yeah. <laughs> See, See, this is why he was elected president. That's right. He knows these things. All that grousing during the Obama. Obama doesn't have a foreign policy. God damn Obama. Why doesn't Obama have a foreign? Well, he did have a foreign policy. One. Two. Yes, yeah. This is what they answer with. The guy whose foreign policy when it comes to the annexation of Crimea is, well, you know, we could have fixed it with whatever. <laughs> right. Wait, ask any Trump voter what the solution is. They say, well, it just needs the right, you know, whatever. Whatever. Sure. It's like saying, you know, it's like, here's what we should do about Crimea. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Good idea, Mr. President. That, um, by the way, was the campaign's reaction, the Trump 2020 campaign chairman's reaction when he heard that Joe Walsh, former Illinois congressman Joe Walsh, Republican, <laughs> was getting into the race yeah. to challenge Trump in the primary. Uh, the uh, Trump's campaign chairman said, whatever. <laughs> That's right. That's well, an exact quote. Uh, yeah. And here's the thing. There is nothing wrong with Joe Walsh primary challenging Donald Trump. I think there are a bunch of people on, on uh, yeah, well, there are a bunch of people on Twitter right now, and and a lot of liberals, sadly, who are maybe mistaking the idea of a primary challenge with the idea of a third party challenge in the general. I don't know what, but the idea has has apparently been over the past uh, couple of days ever since joe walsh uh, threw his hat into the ring to primary challenge donald trump on the republican side in the primaries right um that they've been acting as if joe walsh is going to be our next president uh, Do- joe walsh has some shot in hell of ever getting not just to the general election but then winning in the general election in November of 2020. That is not in the offing. It is not going to happen in any no. universe, <laughs> no matter. Yeah, no. no, but see, we said that about Trump. I mean, I, I don't think so either. I'm with you, Bob, but but do please remember that we said that about Trump. Yeah. I, it's not not a fear or concern of mine. I, I school with you, not with them mm-hmm. on this, but you know, you can't be, I don't think, absolute. About about this, well, that's what true. it what it what it does, and I think where you're going with this is it, it helps split up the Republican <laughs> vote, and yeah. it it attacks. It's another angle of attack against Donald Trump, one that Republicans will listen to. Yeah. So if Joe Walsh is listening to this podcast, he's going, he's reacting to what you just said, Buzz, and going. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> so, so I Fine. there's a shot. And, and if he wants to believe that, great. You know, and and. <laughs> Because I, I think he, I think Walsh has a real potential mm-hmm. to do real damage yes. to Donald Trump, yes. and in so doing, I think will help hand this to the Democrats. Mm-hmm. Because it's very clear from the numbers we're seeing that this next presidential election is going Democrat, and uh, again, you know, with an asterisk. Yeah. But but with those huge margins, those twelve, thirteen point landslide margins that we're looking at for just about place any Republic, have a place any Democrat here candidate. Uh, you know, we're looking at that kind of momentum that's going to have a down ballot effect and uh, it could greatly increase the Democrats' chances of taking control of the Senate as well as keeping control of the House. Uh, and this seems to be the cure that people want. People have been backing Biden uh, because they thought he was the best bet for removing Trump, which mm-hmm. was their number one voter concern. Uh, there are other important issues, obviously, but as I've often said, in order to get to those other issues, you got to get this guy out of the way. That's right. And so, uh, they, and now it looks like uh, other candidates, uh, Her- I'm sorry, uh, uh, Warren and Sanders are now tied with Biden. It's yep. 
a three-way tie in that in, in that side of things. So there are a number of people who can beat Trump by 12, 13-point margins. That's really going to have an effect. So I don't. I think the only thing Walsh can do then by running is help us. Yeah. Well, he helps. Uh, Mark Sanford helps because Mark Sanford is also running as a third party or as a. Uh, pro- Sorry. I mean, I just I just did the same thing that I just criticized other Fell people for doing. Trap. Now yeah. they've got you saying. I know. God damn it. Uh, yeah. God damn it. So. Uh, <laughs> So you've got Mark Sanford, you've got uh, Joe Walsh, you've got yeah. Bill Weld, uh, Justin Amash right. might be getting into four, potentially four primary challengers for Donald Trump. Now, these are all candidates who Donald Trump will have to spend money and resources on to campaign against them. Because if you remember your history, 1968 was an absolute disaster for Lyndon Johnson. Lyndon Johnson was riding high. He had a landslide uh, victory. In 1964, he had already passed the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act, and uh, he was riding high. And then the Vietnam War undermined his entire presidency, as well as undermining the lives of 50,000 American soldiers uh, and and countless Vietnamese. Um, but but the thing is that 1968 rolled around, and there were primary challengers lined up uh, around the block against uh, 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 Lyndon Johnson. And uh, when uh, I, who was it, Humphrey, who went up with like 40% of the vote in New Hampshire convincing Lyndon Johnson to go, oh shit, this is going to be really embarrassing if I actually lose a primary uh, or I lose the nomination as a sitting president, which has never really happened before. And so that's why Lyndon Johnson, among being, you know, tired of of dealing with Vietnam and having had had health issues as well. He said, you know what? I'm out. I'm not running for re-election. You guys are on your own. And so he was a brilliant politician who also paid a price for uh, his civil rights stand. Uh, It it fractured the Democrats in a way that really hurt him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so he was vulnerable. Plus, there were all those anti-war protests and four dead in Ohio and all that. Yeah, yeah, right. Kent State and, my God, I mean, 1968, 1969, just a couple of just disastrous Prior years. And Yeah, I mean, just talk about intense as far as divisions in the country, which we're kind of seeing now. Uh, I still think 1968, 1969 was worse than what we're seeing now. Um, mm. And I think a lot of people who live through that might uh, think, and in terms of the divisiveness is what I'm talking Maybe, about specifically. Oh, man, Bob, that's a tough one because I remember the divisiveness. I was part of it. Yeah. But I don't remember, I don't remember the existential fear. Oh, okay, that, yeah. That we're dealing with now. Yeah. That's, they were different kinds of crises. They, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't diminish that time or the importance of it or the, the tenseness of it at all. Uh, it, it just was something different than what we're going through now. This is also very tense and frightening, just in kind of a different way. Well, at least following along, I would imagine, in uh, 68, 69, seeing right. what was happening in the news and seeing what happened at the 1968 convention, uh, the Democratic convention in Chicago and the right. uh, protests and the violence that took place there, it must have been extraordinarily harrowing. And to see all of that, especially knowing that we hadn't quite been through something like that before. And, yeah, but yeah. it was a time for a lot of new things. I mean, you think That's you true. now, it, things that we see norms overturned every day now. But but back then, if you think about all the changes, uh, uh, the Equal Rights Amendment, the push for that, uh, the civil rights movement, uh, gay rights is starting to come out uh, literally into the streets. Um, uh, you, uh, the, the drive to legalize marijuana. Mm-hmm. Uh, things, a lot of things began to shift and change and there were 
were protests and and uh, real cultural changes at that time that lasted for a decade or two. Yeah, and 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 so uh, you know this is uh, different times, but similar in many ways. That's right. But I mean, the bottom line, the thing I'm getting at here is that uh, that uh, D- Donald Trump faces a primary challenge yes. from now for yeah. p- potentially forecast Justin Amash. It's only a matter of time before Justin Amash. In fact, I thought he was already in, and I looked it up, and he's not not quite in yet. But so at least three primary challenges to Donald Trump, and these are people who are going to damage Donald Trump. Yes, Joe Walsh has said horrible racist things on Twitter and elsewhere before. He is a deadbeat dad. He's he's, yeah. he's an a hole. All the rest of it. But the fact is, you know, the way politics works is that if you're the opposition and you want to defeat the other side, you want the other side to be infighting as much as possible, damaging each other. So you don't have to, your side doesn't have to expend any effort or money or resources to damage the other side. You can just sit back and let them damage each other. And that's the point of all of this. So um, there's also another school of thought, I think, but this is, I think, a a lesser concern, is that, uh, you know, the criticism of Joe Walsh will actually encourage more people on the Republican side to support Joe Walsh. You know what I mean? So if liberals are saying, ah, this guy's a dick and he's racist and here's all the terrible things he voted for when he was in Congress and yada, yada, yada. Well, the Republicans may go, well, if the liberals hate him so much, maybe he's onto something. <laughs> you know, so there is maybe kind of a reverse psychology thing going. Well, that, that, that'll be hard to read because yes. it's online, Twitter at least. I think Walsh has made some liberal friends because he has been. Uh, such a spot-on harsh critic of Trump. Yeah, I I don't know how these other guys are going to play it. The other Republicans, uh, Bill Weld. It's funny, by the way. Uh, Walsh said he was running because he thought it was time for someone to step up. <laughs> I guess ignoring the fact yeah. that Bill Weld already had uh, mm. from Massachusetts. Uh, but I don't know how dynamic these other other guys are. But Walsh is just pugnacious enough. Yeah, uh, just sharp enough in that arena to uh, really make quite a Donnybrook with uh, Donnie Trump. Yeah. I, I think I think it could be a, a really uh, devastating debate for Trump. I think I think Walsh can rough him up uh, pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, I, like I said, I don't know how these other guys are going to play it. Maybe they're going to try to be the calm, moderate adult voices in the room that old line Republicans are looking for. But in the meantime, Walsh and Trump are going to be duking it out. Yeah. So the idea, if you're on the left, and I don't know why you're listening to the show if you're not, but if you're on the left, all my best advice for you is all you have to do uh, with regard to Joe Walsh and Donald Trump and the Republican primary is to just sit back Enjoy your popcorn and watch the chaos. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the, the idea. Yeah. yeah, don't worry about Joe Walsh's voting record. He's not going to be president. He's not going to be anything more. Well, in fact, he lost his talk radio show. I was just going to say he's just going to go yeah. back to doing talk radio after this. Well, he can't do that either because he lost his well, show. It, it, he lost his show because he's running, right? I mean, yeah. isn't it something about that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So well, I think probably happens. also because his network is a, a Trump supporting network. So that's that oh, may be also oh, part of the problem. But uh, suffice to say, uh, don't worry. Just let them destroy each other. And, you know, what's fascinating, too, is Donald Trump hasn't said a goddamn thing about Walsh, Weld, or or, uh, Sanford. Uh, No. When you're number one, number one, you never acknowledge uh, those who challenge you. Oh, but. Don't acknowledge their existence. Yeah, I mean, That's the number one rule of being a DJ. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, but Donald Trump doesn't know any of that. Donald Trump loves to go after people who are a few steps lower than him. I mean, punching down yeah, no, is know, is uh, the centerpiece of Trumpism. So uh, wouldn't be surprised if at some point he'll get to them. Yeah, he'll get to them. The yeah. other question for you, Buzz, that I have is how does Fox News handle? the primary do they just ignore these other candidates or do they try to damage the other candidates to help donald trump i mean again we're talking about the first election without roger ailes at the helm of fox news so i think they'll i think they'll just try to legitimize the entire race i think that they'll make a show out of it and uh, Mm. uh, try to play it for the drama and uh yeah they'll, they'll it's like a it'll be like a game show for them yeah yeah and, you know, one last thing, too, as far as Trump's enemies go, um, you know, and I feel like we've talked about this before, Buzz. I mean, I'm talking like a year ago or something like this. Right. But Trump has an enemies list and yeah. he's gearing up. He's planning to use There's a New York Times piece about how Trump has a list of uh, enemy journalists who uh, have uh, obviously covered him in a hostile way, at least according to the White House. Right. And and now there are Trump operatives who are going to be publicizing damaging information about these right. enemy journalists. Yeah. So I'm wondering, um, first of all, <laughs> my first reaction whenever I see something like this is, yes, am I on the list? I, I hope I am. I want to, <laughs> I want on this list. Oh, yeah, this is. There may be a slight ego problem there. I'm not sure. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah, I, think. You know, I. You know, it's one of those things. But I'm with you. I'm. I'm down here with you, Bob. And I. And, and <laughs> it's one of those things. It's one of those things that you think about. You think a part of you would like to be on the list. Yeah. And part of you is terrified that you might be. And nothing yeah. could be. Nothing could be ruled. Yeah. Nothing can be ruled out. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows how how far they'll reach. And that's just it. I mean, ultimately, it's one of those things where there's upsides and downsides. The upside is, oh, hey, I'm important enough to be on Trump's enemies list. And the downside is, oh, shit, they're going to dox me now, aren't they? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. IRS audit for sure. Well, mainly what they're going to be doing is going back through old tweets and going through old tweets to see if there are any, you know, racist things or whatever, you know. Speaking of computers, Art, were you planning on talking about the the state of our elections at all uh, today oh, because if not yeah. i'd like to, i'd like to squeeze something in about that either now or in the post-mortem show whatever you prefer yeah let's uh you know what let's wrap up the show here because we are running okay. a little bit late today on the, the free portion of the show all and right then, then i want to get into the election thing and actually loop that into a uh, teeny tiny bit of a crisis at the fec is that yes that's well that's part of the that's part of the three-pronged package that's coming up in the postmortem. <laughs> you know, uh, I have three prongs in my package. I don't know if you knew that about me, uh, but you know, that's a subwoofer. <laughs> hey, where's my rim shot? Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So to speak. All right. Well, make sure you listen to the best hour of news in your entire week of news consumption. That is Buzz Burbank News and Comment every damn Thursday. I do a little teeny tiny commentary in the middle of that. So make sure to go to buzzburbank.com, realmnetwork.com, everywhere you get your podcasts. Subscribe, sign up, and make sure you listen to the entire hour. It is a phenomenal hour of news covering a wide variety of all kinds of things. The the best news that you're going to hear all week. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And it's close to the airport. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> no bed bugs. Uh, and make sure to listen to the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network on top of all of that, sexyliberal.com. You can hear Jody Hamilton's From the Bunker Podcast, Stephanie Miller's Happy Hour, Randy Rhodes' After Hours, Dino Badala's I Want to Be Your Muslim Friend, Sanity with John Fugel saying the final word with Frangela, the great rude pundit, Dana Goldberg, and so much more. That's at sexyliberal.com and everywhere you get your podcasts. All right. Postmortem show coming up next. Make sure we get to 1,000 subscribers before the end of the year. We're going to take a few steps backwards here because there are going to be a bunch of declines as everyone's cards get charged here at the end of the month. So... We have to double our efforts. Make sure to sign up now. All you got to do is sign up for $1 a month and you're entered into the contest. And by the way, for existing uh, Patreon subscribers, especially some of our P1 Patreon subscribers, I'm planning something special for you people. Oh my. So so don't... (laughs) So don't... Not not quite that. (laughs) I'm not a whore, Buzz Burbank. Uh... I am going to be rolling out something for our existing subscribers, too. So don't panic. Don't worry. You're going to get a chance to be on the show as well. Okay? All right. That's it. Uh, Brian Karam. Brian Karam from Playboy is going to be on tomorrow. Talk about uh, his his legal battle with the White House. Oh, man. That's tomorrow's interview show. We'll see you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Randy Rhodes, host of the Randy Rhodes After Hours podcast. If you love this episode, you're going to love the whole show. Every week we talk about everything that matters to you, from our future as a democracy to our existence on this here planet. Find it all at sexyliberal.com on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and anywhere and everywhere you get your podcasts.